Just tell me you have your pants on while you listen to that. That's all I need to know. Let's kill our way to freedom. <laughs> That's hot. I am so cotton balled right now. I probably shouldn't say that because I'll be in trouble. Win, win, win. This is gold. Welcome back to the life of Caligula Caesar, Ray. Yes. In our last episode, Ray, we were talking about Jews and blood libel and Androclus and the lion, and uh, we, we, we started talking, we got distracted, right. um, but we started talking about Caligula and his uh, adiatrepsia, yeah. Greek word that means shamelessness. I wanted to pick up where we left off and talk more about other forms of shamelessness that he had. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to run with that for a while? I do, but um, I just wanted to say in his defense, when it comes to the exotic clothing, and obviously if you saw the film, one is not wearing much of, of much, but it's, it's, it's pretty and it's see-through. But the point is he had a taste for exotic clothing, but if you have to remember when he was very young, his mother would dress him up as a soldier, obviously to endear him to the troops. And I think she was a very intelligent woman. She was a political creature. She knew exactly what she was doing. So did that start something in him? Was it there all on his own? But this idea of him dressing up whenever he could get away with it, obviously on Capri, things were a little... Um, uh, different back then because uh, he never knew when he would, might be killed. But this guy would dress up a lot. He would also dress up when he was an adult as Alexander the Great. He would dress up as a triumpher. He would dry, dress up as a variety of gods or goddesses. So cross-dressing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But um, even when he wasn't dressing up as something, as someone, or just trying to uh, be noticed, um, he's still dressing very flashy. Uh, Suetonius says that he, he would appear in, in public with an embroiled uh, cloaks, precious stones sewn in. He had long sleeve tunics and bracelets of many different types, and, and, he, excuse me, and he had a lot of different types of exotic footwear. I don't know exactly what exotic footwear wear means. Is that is that straps? Is it buckles? Is it leather with stud piercing? Is it feathers? I'm kind of thinking it's feathers. I don't know, but the point it's, is, yeah. it's just it's, it's Crocs. It's cro- I just like to figure it's Crocs. <laughs> Shoes with That's, predetermined holes in, in them. Yeah, yeah. He invented Crocs basically. He just walk around in Crocs all day. People would go. You're such a you're such a you're such a bogan. He would say, "Hey, it's exotic." That's what I say. Hey, yeah. So I don't. don't know. He was a bit of a dandy. Don't yuck my, don't yuck my yum, as Chrissy likes to say to me all the time now <laughs> for some fucking reason. Don't yuck my yum. Okay, I I hadn't heard. Anyway, of that one please. Before. Yeah. Sorry. No, please no, continue. Yeah. So yeah. So he. I mean, he was. Uh, he had tons of money. He had the love of the people. He had the wary respect of the Senate. He had the army behind him. So he could, I, I don't know, he's 24 years old. He can give in to his urges. He doesn't have to dress like this. No one is making him dress like this. But on the other hand, no one can stop him from dressing like this. So whether it was his mom dressing him up as a little boy or there's something that's inherent in him, this seems to be a part of who he was. And again, you got to take the a grain of salt with the sources, but there does seem to be uh, many instances where this guy was out just shocking the uh, the elders, the people who were maybe a little more st- stolid than he was. And as a 24-year-old, he probably liked that kind of stuff. But he did love to shock. He did love to stand out. He did like to do things differently. Supposedly, he invented a new bath where he would soak in perfumed oils. So for all the people that do that kind of now, you, you might have Caligula to thank for that. He liked to create strange food. He liked to present it in unusual ways. So this guy was flashy. He wanted to be noticed. And now no one can tell him no, because he is way above the law. And so, you know, uh, he can do whatever he wants. And so he is going to, he had, um, he had villas throughout Campania that were decked out. And as we're going to get into later, he had ships that were built that were very exotic for nothing more than just partying. He, I mean, they, we'll get into the details, but the point is this guy, 
I don't know if we said this in a previous episode, but for all of Tiberius's faults, and he certainly had many, he was careful with the money that he inherited. He was careful with the money that he kept getting from Egypt. And I'm trying to remember the exact number. For some reason, three billion sesterces is, is in my head, but I, I don't really know. But the point is, there was a lot of money left behind when Tiberius dies because of the type of leader he was. This 24-year-old is going to get his hands on it because basically he can do whatever he wants with the money. It's all his. He's going to spend a lot of money and a lot of different projects that are just way over the top and unnecessary, but it seems to be part and parcel of his personality. And now that he can be checked by no one, he seems to be um, giving into all of these thoughts and impulses he seems to have always had. Yeah, and, you know, we compare this to, let's say, Augustus, who... Liked to dress very simply, and actually made it a point of public pride that Livia made all of their clothing That's herself. Right. That's right. Uh, live simply. Uh, yeah. That was his motto, and he and he used to get upset at the Romans for being ostentatious. Didn't and he pass showing around laws their wealth? He's like, or something. He did. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Passed laws saying you know it was against the against the law to Gold have. <laughs> crazy parties and to display your wealth. People tended to right. ignore him a lot, but he used to crack down on it from time to time. He tried. And then yes. Ti- Tiberius as well, uh, very simple, uh, didn't yeah. like to be too ostentatious with his display of wealth. Now you've got Caligula who's really living the prince lifestyle. Like yes. I think of him, he, he's sort of a combination of David Lee Roth and Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> when he, he gets around, like just everything shining in chapless, yeah. chap, Hello. arseless chaps, right? Arseless chaps <laughs> and uh, diamonds shoes. and shiny and right. glitter and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, he's over yeah. the top. Elton John uh, would it? Yeah, would invent weird <laughs> foods. Uh, he would serve loaves and meat made of gold to guests. Uh, Oh. He would have pearls dissolved in vinegar that they would drink at the parties, which sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But hey, I'm not a Roman. The float your boat. Um, I can't believe that Americans drink bourbon. Um, you know, I'd rather <laughs> drink urine. I'd rather drink your <laughs> urine uh, again than drink bourbon. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Now. Right. You mentioned the ships. Like, he had luxury villas and ships built just for throwing parties. And we actually have evidence of these ships. I posted on on Facebook about this recently. Yeah. The the Nemi ships were two ships, one larger than the other, built by Caligula at Lake Nemi. Now, Lake Nemi is a small, circular, volcanic lake in the Lazio region of Italy. It's about 30 kilometres south of Rome. Right. And he built these massive, elaborate, floating palaces Mm -hmm. just for throwing parties on. They serve no other purpose than just crazy, crazy parties. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they couldn't go anywhere. They're in a a volcanic (laughs) lake. Uh, Now, they contained... They were decked out with, with marble mosaic floors, piped heating and plumbing, yeah. baths. It was they were just over the top. Forests they Tro- had inside there, like tropical like forests. Tr- right. That's something yeah, Trump like would have built. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably having them built right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the Hudson somewhere. Now, these things were recovered from the lake bed uh, starting in 1929. And and I want to tell the story because it's fascinating in and of itself. Lake Nemi is also known as Speculum Dianae. Dianae. I'll go with Dianae. Speculum Dianae means Diana's mirror because the volcanic crater protects it from the elements. And so it's like glassy still and you can apparently... Nice. See the moon perfectly reflected in the water, so it was called Diana's Mirror. And the lake was sacred. No ship could sail on it right. under Roman law. Not that anyone before Caligula wanted to build a ship on it because it was a fucking lake. <laughs> but you couldn't even take a motorboat right. out on there. Nope. You can take a yacht. Jet skis were forbidden right expressly out. in law. Um, 
right. what are those standing uh, board things with the sticks? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, floaty things. Jerk-offs yeah. nope. use, yeah. Right. None of those. <laughs> All right. banned. All banned. But uh, it seems like Caligula managed to get a religious exemption, probably not I'm difficult sure when there are, you are bound by no laws <laughs> or power and you have power over every personal authority. I am all powerful. But he'd also... Yeah. He uh, particularly favoured the Egyptian cult of Isis. Oh. Which he had established in Rome. You see a little bit of that in the film. You remember when Sir John Gilgood is dying and right. he's like, uh, you know, are you seeing Isis? You can see it, can't you? Tell me, tell yeah. me. He's freaking out. Right. And he sort of connected through syncretism, connected Isis to the goddess Diana. And in particular, the iteration of Diana here would have been Diana Nemorensis, Diana of the Wood, mm-hmm. uh, because she she was smoking hot like uh, 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 Drusilla in the film, and whenever you saw her, you got wood. You got wood. Uh, so her sanctuary, she actually had a temple at Lake Nemi, Diana this is. Yeah. And according to Vitruvius... The great uh, Roman um, architect wrote his book, his ten books on architecture. Uh huh. Dis- discovered uh, in the Renaissance by Poggio, I think. Uh, the this was this temple was so old it went back to Etruscan times. Wow. Okay. Uh, but it was there, and I don't know, Caligula managed to get some sort of exemption to build these floating pleasure. Uh, what? That's not even a fucking word. Floating pleasure right. palaces yes. on there. Now, local fishermen had been aware that there was something under the water forever, for thousands of years. Right. Uh, th- they would sometimes use grappling hooks to pull up artifacts like, like Batman. from the bottom. Right. Like Batman, yeah. Right. Batman grappling hooks, yeah. <laughs> to pull stuff up. And yeah. so they knew there was some wreck down there, but no one really knew what it right. was. I mean, people had forgotten what had happened there. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you imagine just being out on the lake and you, you drop your anchor down and you pull up uh, and you go, oh, look, there's a marble bust of Diana. That's, right. wow, that's cool. That's not right. It wasn't that deep. It was right. only about 60, 60 feet deep, uh, yeah. 18.3 metres, which too deep to swim right. down to the bottom of Especially unless Aquaman. you're Aquaman, Aquaman right. or the man from Atlantis. That's true. Or... Maybe Tarzan. I think Tarzan could have done that. He could do um, it. He, he could, could hold his breath. Yeah. Yeah. Batman, yeah. Robin have those little breathing <laughs> apparatus things the, that they put in their mouth. Or mouths. the Jedi. The Jedi put the little thing in their mouth. The Jedi. Yeah. Or yeah. they, well, they got them from Batman. Oh, that's Batman. true. Thank you. Yeah. I think James Bond may have had oh, one Q as well. Oh, Q gave him one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Q like, gave him one. And he like, also had the car that turned into the submarine. He could just go into the water with a hot mm. chick on his arm. But anyway. Did you know that I think... I think Elon Musk owns that. Owns the, the the James Bond car that could go underwater. I would not be. I would own it too if I had his money. What the hell? Why not? I think Musk bought that. And apparently, the the new truck that he came out with, the tech, the super futuristic truck, uh-huh. it's kind of based on the design of that uh, Bond car. If you look at the oh. angles on it, these sharp pointy angles, I it's yeah, based on it. Okay. Huh. He built a Bond truck basically that can go underwater. Anyway, so they knew it was down yeah. there. Yes. Um, now, finally, <laughs> the first serious efforts to recover <laughs> right. what was down below happened during the Renaissance, 1446, Ray. Yes. Do you want to talk about that story? Well, like you said, I mean, the, the fishermen and the people who lived in the area, they've known this stuff's been there for hundreds of years. But finally, this young uh, cardinal who's the nephew of the Pope, his name is uh, Prospero Colonna. He uh, decided to probe this area for himself. He's heard these rumors. And again, this is a lake and a volcanic crater. How in the fuck would there be ships there in the first place? So he'd stop. Wait, 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 stop, stop. Which Pope? Oh. For our Renaissance listeners, which Pope? Oh, shit. 1446. Oh. Who is the Kelowna Pope? Oh, um, Ray Harris, your subject is Kelowna Popes, and your time fuck. starts now. 
Fuck. Renaissance Popes, your time starts now. Oh, come on. You should have known I was going to ask you this. I You're should slipping. have known. You're slipping, Harris. Slipping. Who's? Pope. It was Pope Marty. Marty! Marty the Fifth. Marty! Marty, Marty the Fifth. Marty, okay. Marty! Oh, uh, good. Um, thank you. Yeah. And who were the Kelowna? Explain to people who don't listen to our Renaissance show who the Kelowna family were. Well, believe it or not, and this is kind of sad for me to have to report, but the Kelowna were a very rich, very powerful family that on and off controlled the city of Rome. They would actually have several members who were uh, popes, and they I think they would do battle with other one or two other important families, and so they were always trying to make sure that they had control of the city and, um, yeah, have, have their sons become popes and, and control the government and the church at the same time. So they were a big, powerful family, a mafia, if you wanted to use that word, uh, who, who generally had their people and their sons in important positions over the centuries. For centuries, it was a yes. battle between the Colonna and the Orsini Orsini, family oh, yes. For control, and the of, Rome were for like, control of Rome. Both of you. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Now, um, Pope Marty was a patron of humanism. Poggio Bracciolini dedicated a book to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. So we, nice. we uh, know the Colonna. Yeah. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. So this young cardinal in 1446 finds out that it's true. But like you said, this is in 60 feet of water. Not easy to get to. So he there's something down there and he's and he's he's intellectually curious and he's stimulated, but he can't get through 60 feet of water. Now he could have asked God to help. I mean he is connected to the Pope, but God's probably like a big picture person, doesn't do stuff like that. They are able to bring up a couple of planks, but that's about it. It's certainly not sexy. If I may jump forward to 1535, there's an Italian inventor. No, 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 no. You may may not not, because you didn't. You didn't. You didn't mention who Cardinal Prospero Colonna hired to do the job. Oh no, who? Who? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Leon Battista Alberti. (laughs) Who we've also covered in the Renaissance show, known for what? Uh, no, it's gone. What did he do? It's gone. It was. It was never there. It was, um, he helpful. produced the first written work of art theory oh. during the Renaissance, de, de pictura right. on painting. He was the first guy to try and write down what this what this painting business was all about. And how does that um, qualify him to go through sixty feet of water? Well, like most of these Renaissance guys, he was multi-skilled. Oh, he was an expert gotcha. in He's architecture and, and, and I got <laughs> yes, painting, sculpture, philosophy, you know, Scuba all, diving. all these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I can do it all. Yeah. But uh, the important thing, like the, just for people who don't listen to our Renaissance, so the, the reason why somebody Which like awesome. Colonna right. and Battista Alberti would have been interested in this is they this is a period where they started to care about old shit before right. the renaissance before the 1400s <laughs> late 1300s and the 1400s people didn't care about old shit they used to find uh heads from marble bus from marble statues right. in rome ah. and just use them as soccer balls yeah. they they'd use them just to you know, stick them use them yeah as a brick in a building like what's Paperweight. this oh, some old yeah. fucking head we don't give a shit <laughs> No one can. They'd leave old books just lying around in the bottom of the the dungeons and monasteries. They didn't care about old shit. And it was only during the Renaissance that they started to go, you know what? This old shit actually has value. We should, we should uh, protect it, understand it, it, look it up. Yeah. By the way, uh, when we did our our series, uh, our shows on Battista Alberti, he was also Mm. the guy who invented cryptography. Oh. He invented secret ways of encoding messages and he had his little cryptographic wheel and all that kind of stuff. And Uh, and not just writing backwards and upside down. He, he, he took it to a whole new level. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wrote a book, wrote a book on cryptography, Decomponendecifris. Sounds right. Anyway. So these are the guys that tried to dig it up, uh, as you say, but too, too deep for them. In fact, they ended up, 
just shearing wood off the wrecks while oh. they were using grappling hooks to try and get farther. But okay, please continue with your hundred yeah. years later story. Right. So hundred years later, in fifteen thirty-five, an Italian inventor, um, Guglielmo de Lorena, and his partner Francesco de Macchi. Um, returned to the wrecks because they had a new and exciting technology, a diving bell. This was a structure that had an airtight chamber, which is open up uh, on the end that goes into the water, and it's the pressure um, of the air that keeps the water out. So they had this, think of it almost like a big cone of silence you put over you, and as long as you put the open end of the water and you don't move it to the side one or the other, the air that's in the cone will press and keep the water out so you could go down. So they have this diving bell. They go down and they're able to go through the muck and they see this enormous wooden superstructure. It's a lot larger than they ever thought it could possibly be. And also they're able to find, like you were saying earlier, they're able to find uh, sculptures of marble and bronze. Uh, others are trying to get in there, but it's, it's still too dangerous unless you've got the diving bell. It's just not going to work out. But obviously there's something significant under there that they just can't, they don't have the technology to really do a good job. But then comes, if I may jump even more into the future, my man, my pal, my bud, Mussolini, who I consider to be the used car salesman of dictators. Mussolini comes to power, I think it's in 1922. He was obsessed with the legacy of Imperial Rome, and he's trying to make, he's trying to reconnect his Italy with the ancient Rome back then, the cult of personality. He's trying to recreate the Roman Empire, if you will. And he's already excavated the, the mausoleum of Augustus, to build a, fast, a fascist piazza there. He's clearing the buildings around the theater of Marcellus. He's digging up the floor of the Colosseum's arena to expose the temples and tombs beneath that. So he's doing all these things. Uh, so he's got time to do, do it because he comes to power in 1922. Besides his wars in Africa, the war doesn't start until 1939. So he's able to eventually, in 1929, get around to this. So he orders that the lake be drained. In fact, the engineers that he had, they reactivated an ancient Roman cistern, which is a waterproof receptacle, to uh, catch and store uh, rainwater. They're able to use that with a modern pump to reduce the lake's water level by 65 feet. So it's not completely empty, but it's almost empty, so they're able to get to it. And guess what they find? They find two massive ships, and these things are just much larger than they ever thought the Romans could have produced. It's going to take quite a while to get it out. It's going to take them years. But the larger of the two ships um, was a 240 feet long, like a modern-day Airbus a380 and 79 feet across. So again, this is awesome. There's inscriptions on lead pipes and tiles, and it's and those inscriptions prove that these were the floating pleasure palaces of Caligula. Mussolini is just ecstatic with himself. He's able to bring this up. He's going to build a museum for it. But the point is, he's got another thing to point to to say this is further proof that we were great and we can be great once again. Yeah, look, I always say, if you need something done, get a fascist. Uh, need an autobahn? Fascist. There's so many fascists. Drain a lake? Boom, fascist. Yeah. Need Black a, shirts. Need a VW built? Get a fascist. Need to do something about the Jews? Okay. Want to well, make your country great again? Get a, too far, get a yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, now, you, you skipped over some stuff here that I wanted yeah. to drill down into. Yeah. You said that the diving bell was a new invention in 1535. Do you know who first described a diving bell? Uh, Leonardo. I have no idea. I was just guessing. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it was our old friend Aristotle in the 4th century BCE Fuck he wrote, they enable, they enable divers to respire equally well by letting down a cauldron, for this does not fill with water but retains the air, for it is forced straight down into the water. Damn. So why couldn't the young cardinal in 1446 take advantage of this knowledge that's thousands of years old? But anyway, mm -hmm. I digress. Well, I guess once you get down there, it's dark too, so you I'm can't scared. see what's going on. Right, good point. Yeah, do, good point. they had to invent... A, uh, an underwater torch to go with the diving bell. 
Gotcha. There was also uh, uh, an attempt that you skipped over uh-huh. in 1827. A guy oh. called Anessio Fusconi right. built a floating platform out on Lake Nemi to raise the wrecks, but several of his cables broke. Yeah. So he called. So he called a halt until he could find stronger cables. He went away to get cables. He came back mm-hmm. a week later. Found the locals had totally dismantled his platform and made wine barrels out of them. Fucking Italians. And so he gave up. He was like, fuck you guys. (laughs) You can't leave the But but we have the wine now. It's beautiful, the wine. What are we going to do with this old shit off of the bottom? We need the wood to make the wine. Um, Shut your face. Yeah. Yeah, shut your face. Shut up your face. What's the matter, you? Hey, got no respect. Hey, now one of the uh, yeah. when when Mussolini, uh, you know Mussolini, big fan of ancient Rome, big fan of our podcasts, yes. as we know, huge. Uh, yeah. used to send us emails more often than Scotty B does. Yeah. He loved us, uh, yeah. Yeah. huge, huge fans. Yeah, yeah. Scotty B, Scotty B uh, contacted me yesterday. Said, uh, you know, I just want you to put out a, an episode of the Cold War every day. I was like, sure, yeah, sure, that's, yeah, no worries. What else do you want? Jesus Christ. He did, he has sent us a couple of Scotty B's friends have uh, signed up. He's put them onto us and I told him that we we should come up with a referral system. Oh, If you send somebody to us who sign up to one of our premium shows, uh, I'll send them uh, a a dick pic of you. Yeah. And he he said he'd be into that. Yeah. There we go. Done. Uh, now, a lead pipe on one of the yeah. wrecks that was brought up by Mussolini had property of Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus <laughs> stamped mine, on it. Bitch. Yeah. So there's no doubt about who had these things built. Right. They also had the dates of manufacturers stamped on them. Now, right. you have to wonder, like, I, I, I have my name engraved on my bike. Because uh, I didn't, you know, if, if it got stuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's to increase its auction value with your underwear, but <laughs> you engrave your name on things that you think might get stolen. That's Who did Caligula <laughs> think was going to steal his floating pe- pleasure palaces? Yeah. He just, it's, it's, they're not yeah, imagine he rocks up to Lake Nemi one day with uh, a couple of sisters and that's a couple right. of his uh, temporary wives and, and a couple of dudes to bang in. Right. He rocks up all. and the pleasure palace is gone. The f- yeah. Got to fuck them all. Yeah. Where the pleasure palace is gone. Oh now, my God. And then he goes to the nearby lake. He sees the ship. So he goes up to this guy and he goes, uh, <laughs> not nice pleasure palace you've got there. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you. Where did you, uh, Do you um, where did, yep, where did, where did you get it? Ownership? Oh, I just, anything? I just, I just, I just, you know, guy came by, sold it to me. He was still in the round selling palace palaces. I'm an Italian, so I just took it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those what? The same guy sold me those wine barrels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I told you the stories of guys trying to Italians trying to take my wife on her honeymoon in Rome. They'll take anything. Yeah, just they'll take anything. You got to watch them. So. Uh, can you prove it's yours? Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> possession is nine tenths of the law. They say oh, but, I've yeah. got it; must and be I'm mine. Possessing it, so fuck off. The guy Caligula would go. Do you mind if I inspect the uh, the pipes? Uh, yeah. No, go for your life, oh, there's mate. There's pipes it's, on there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, this this says there. property of Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who the fuck's that? That's me. No, well, you're Caligula. You? Yeah. You're Caligula. No, that's not my real name. My real name is... It's my stage name, my, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Instagram handle. Name. Yeah. Bo- Bootykins? <laughs> Who's going to use Bootykins as a stage name? That's ridiculous. No one's going to take you seriously. Well, that's why yeah. I have to have them killed. Steal their yeah. wives and have them killed. That's. What about my 9,000 Praetorians? You take so, them seriously? Yeah, as you said, the largest was 240 feet in length, about the same as an Airbus A380. Uh, measured 79 feet across. The largest has been called the Prima Nave, the first ship. The second is the uh, Secondo Nave. Uh, steered with oars, the biggest one, the oars would have been 36 feet long. God. They had marble palaces inside them, gardens, plumbing, 
Uh, Suetonius describes the side of the ships, ten banks of oars, the poops of which blazed with jewels, filled with ample baths, galleries and saloons and supplied with a great variety of vines Damn. and fruit trees. Gotta have now, my Ray, vines and fruit trees. Yeah, yeah. I've I found a lot of weird things in my poop, but never jewels. <laughs> Really? Um, I think, we, yeah, I think that's, right then. Yeah. I think that's how you know you're rich <laughs> when, uh, all, all I find is corn. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no jewels. Poor people have corn. They're like, how did that get there? I haven't even eaten corn. Rich people, <laughs> they have diamonds is and emeralds. A, when you go right, to, when you go yeah. to Tony, Tony Kynaston's Sky Palace in Sydney, <laughs> I've done this. I wait till Tony takes a shit. Before he can flush, I run in there, <laughs> elbow him out there, the way. Yeah. Start digging around. Yeah. I st- yeah. Steal, yeah. The, steal the jewels yeah. out of his poop, sell them. That's what I live on. Make, make God knows podcasting's not doing it. That's yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Tony. Thanks, Tony's yeah. anus. Yeah. Yeah, look, you, we, I say, were you gonna? Oh my god! Were you gonna? Were you gonna use these jewels? He goes, no. I just they came out of my shit. <laughs> Do you mind if I? He goes, well, if you wanna, if you wanna clean them off, they're all they're all yours. I'm going. I'm not gonna clean them oh. off. What? Oh, clean them off. <laughs> just gonna. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. I was gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna clean them off. Yeah. Now uh, maybe until I'll get more for, for it. Here's the yeah. thing. Until yeah. Mussolini brought up the pleasure barges, it was thought that the Romans were incapable of building large ships. Historians assume that mentions of large ships in the ancient sources were exaggerations or made up. They didn't think, well, they they couldn't do that. That's ridiculous. We've never found evidence of that. The Romans, bitch. There you go. Mm. Yeah, these are Romans. Both ships had several... Did you know the name of the uh, second ship? Sorry, uh, did Stan? you know the name of the second ship? They were Barry, Barry uh, and USS Stan. I mean, incest. that's what Caligula called them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the incest that. bit, Barry but why would Caligula call them the USS? Oh, I, I, what did, what I don't did, know what, what it even stand for. Italy, so. United. Uh, you know, I don't know. United. United uh, States of... Uh, <laughs> okay, how about Imperial Rome? Just the U.S. incest, the United States of incest. That that, that U.S. incest. There we go. Yeah, the U.S. incest. <laughs> now I'm turned on. Anyway, please continue. Um, both ships had hand-operated bilge pumps that work like a mo- a, a modern bucket dredge. It's the oldest example of a bilge pump ever found. You would just crank that thing oh to keep the water out of it. Can you imagine that? They they right. invented bilge pumps. Intense. Hand operated yeah. bilge I mean, pumps. I know we have lag, but I just have to say, first of all, Caligula says, okay, here's what I want. I want a giant-ass ship that's never going to go on the ocean. I want it decked out. I want jewels. I want everything. I want gardens. I want marble or whatever. And I want two of them. So get to work on that. No, no, don't spare any expense because Thibault left me a shit ton in the treasury. And he got what it took him a couple, a couple of years, but he got what he wanted. I wonder why he needed two. Like, did he keep a backup? Always we- got to have a backup. Back up, like one ship had the hotties on it, right? And the second ship had the ones that didn't rate above a like a six. But if you were drunk enough, they went up to an eight. And so, right. the, the sober ship and the drunk ship, yeah, like you made your way from right. the first ship. By the time by about two or three a.m., oh, you yeah. you went You're over the to the second ship. ship. Yeah, yeah. Here I come, ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are the oldest crank handles discovered, was off the Nemi ships. Right. Now, piston pumps supplied the ships with hot and cold running water. Damn. And the hot water supplied baths, while the cold water fed into fountains and drinking water. Like... This technology wasn't seen again until the Middle Ages. Right. 
People, right. people lo- lost this. Hot and cold running water they had on these ships. Thousands of years. In yeah. 40 CE. Yeah, and then it was lost. Yeah. Each ship also had a, oh, a rotating statue platform. Right. And they were mounted on ball bearings, bronze right. ball bearings that would enable them to rotate. People, until these things were discovered, people thought that Leonardo da Vinci invented the concept of ball bearings but didn't actually have the technology to build them. They were built much later, but the Romans had built them during Caligula's Mm. time to rotate statue platforms. It was basically Disneyland. He had animatronic (laughs) statues, robots there. Hot and cold water. He had animatronic Abraham Lincoln, (laughs) the whole thing. It was amazing. Oh, had it all, and it was just for him and his good friends and his sisters. Yeah. Well, it's not like anybody could come onto floating the ship. Floating sex palaces. Yeah. floating sex palaces for mm. me. And, and my goal is mm. to fuck so hard mm. that I actually make the ships rock on the wake, on the lake. That's my goal. Maybe that's what the second ship for. Maybe that was the sleeping ship. So, yeah. You would go to the fucking good ship, call. and when you got exhausted, you go over to the sleeping ship. Right. Have a have a nap, because these things like it's these things. He probably spent months on these things, like like it's a houseboat. Yeah, the ultimate houseboat. You Summertime. go. Well, what are you doing over summer? I'm going to the houseboat okay. up in Lake Nemi. So you have the fucking boat, the love boat, basically <laughs> the fuck boat. So he had he had that oh, one had uh, who was the, who who was the cool bartender. Uh, Washington, oh, no, Washington, oh, or am I making mixing that up no, with? It's uh, racist. No, uh, um, <laughs> no, oh, I'm making this. Right. Isaac? Isaac, Ted, Ted. Isaac, Isaac Washington. Isaac. See, I knew there was a Washington in there somewhere. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac Washington. You said it was racist. What are you talking about? I apologize. I stand corrected. I know something you do. Why that's what passed I, for I television can't. in the early 80s. I can't be a part friends. of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hambo, hambo, where you been? Listen, I'm sorry, you, I can't. When, when you're doing history podcasts, Ray, you have to realize that uh, you can't judge ancient history like the 80s by right. modern standards. You, you, shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. Sure. Was, right. Sure, was that... <laughs> Fairly, fairly appallingly racist. Yes, it was, but there was a black guy doing it while another black guy and some white people watched and laughed. So it's all okay in the 80s. Uh, It's not racist. Okay. It's 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 uh, racist now. Sure, you could not do that now. Yeah, no. (laughs) Hamble, hamble, where you been? Anyway, where was I? The love boat, yes. So they, when they, when when Mussolini uh, right. built a big straw and, and personally sucked all the water out, <laughs> they found a treasure trove of ancient artifacts. They found huge anchors, bronze yes. mouldings of uh, ore things like there's these marble like. Pig heads with big bronze rings for the oars. Wow. So I posted some photos of those yes. up. They had marble statues. Um, they found carvings and mosaics, copper roof tiles that were gilded and would have shone in the sun. Like these things were not only enormous, but completely decked out yeah. as pleasure palaces. The cost of them would have been enormous. The wooden beams, I love this, the wooden <laughs> beams of the ships were coated with lead. Sure. Now, sure. you would coat the beams of ships with lead to pres- uh, to pr- protect them from shipworms. Yeah. Now, the yeah. only thing is, shipworms don't live in fresh water. 
So there was absolutely no reason to have these things coated in lead. Yeah. I want the full package. Now, do it. Cover it. I, I want the full package. The full package. Yeah. Yeah. I want it all. It's not my money. Fuck it. I want it all. Yeah. 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 But yeah. sadly, even Well, it was it, his money because yeah. he had he had power That's over true. everybody and everything. So every it is all his money. They're all his wives. And all right. his, it's all his money. <laughs> that's that's a, that's an awesome justification. Yeah. So it probably took years to build these. Sadly, they were not actually used for years and years and years. They were only about around for about a year when Caligula's reign is going to come to an end. So all that work, all that effort, and don't get me wrong, the technology behind those two ships is amazing, but it's about it's about to be all for naught. And we don't really know what happened to right. them. Uh, there's no mention of it in the histories. They might have been destroyed when he died because they were, you know, a, a symbol of his madness. Um, yeah. Or a storm or an earthquake could have done them in. Or, or maybe there's one legend that said he sunk them himself during a drunken orgy. God. Um, we don't know. There's no the sign of a fire on them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was so hard. He just started poking <laughs> holes in the lead-lined wood. Now... Mussolini had a huge museum built in 1936 to house them so the public could visit, which they did for eight years yeah. until your country decided to drop bombs on them in 1944. Yeah, well, you can't win a war without dropping some bombs. So on the night of May 31st, uh, less than four years after Mussolini enters the war. Now, you could argue as the good American, I could say, yeah, it was probably American bombs, American artillery. However, the Germans were pulling out and they had already established a pattern of when they did pull out of a position to set fire to things that they had abandoned. Could have been the Germans, but it was probably the Americans um, as they were advancing up. But the point is, either way, these Nemi ships are burned um, only some of the bronze survived, and there are a couple of photos which you did put on Facebook that I enjoyed very, very much. But like Caligula, these ships and Mussolini are going to have a very ignoble end. I don't think even Nazis are going to set fire to 2,000-year-old ships. Uh, I don't think even Nazis would go there. For, and come on, yeah. who the fuck drops bombs on a museum? Oh yeah, that's right. Americans. <laughs> like who who does that? Yeah, like well, yeah, drop pamphlets. Yeah. Drop pamphlets that right. say, "Listen, uh, we want to drop bombs on you, but we don't want to hurt these ships, so would you mind just like moving over there a little oh, bit so we can so drop we can bombs bomb on you?" you. And Germans, yeah. I'm sure, would have Thanks. said, "Oh yeah, I am oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thanks that we we agree. We we would hate history to important. have that on our conscience. Yeah. That these things get oh, yeah. destroyed. I mean, yeah. listen, we're Nazis. Don't get me wrong. That's we right. are Nazis. Right. We've done horrible things, but right. uh, but we appreciate. We wouldn't want history. that on our conscience. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can I finish Mussolini off, or I after you f finish with your ships? I was just going to finish Mussolini off. It came out wrong, but you know what I mean. Well, I was going to. <laughs> I was going to say that the Lake Nemi Museum was restored and reopened in 1953. Photographs and drawings yes. uh, of the ships, which had survived the fire, allowed artists and architects to make reconstructions, but they're scaled. So the museum is right. open now. You can go there. We're going to do that on our next road trip. But they're filled by yeah. one-fifth scale models. It's not the same. Which is fine, but it's not the same as full-scale 2,000-year-old right. ships. So thanks a lot, American Christians. <laughs> I'm sure we could get Tony to help us build, um, build them to scale. I, I, you know, we don't have to have every all the pumps and ball bearings in there, but just to build the, the framework, I think he would, I think he'd be okay with that. If I may, I would just wanted to finish up, 
I just wanted to finish off Mussolini since we did bring him up. I, I just find his the way he ends his life is so typical of the way he lived it. Um, never quite in control or never the, the big boss he thought he was. So the he summons the Grand Council, the uh, Italian government, in July of 1943. This is the first time the body has met since the start of the war. And there's a resolution that is going to end up passing that gives the king uh, back his full constitutional powers. But at the time of the vote, Mussolini he doesn't really think much of it. So the next day he pulls a Costanza. He shows up to work as if nothing had happened. So he shows up and everybody's kind of odd, oddly, awkwardly looking around. You know, why is he here? What's going on? He is then summoned to King Victor Emmanuel, who says, uh, look, I think you might have not understood the vote yesterday. Mussolini starts bitching and Victor, Victor Emmanuel formally dismisses him from his office. And then uh, Mussolini is arrested. Two days later, the new uh, leader of Italy, Marshal Bagdolio, dissolves the fascist party. Um, and then Mussolini is going to be arrested. And we don't have to go into this, but there's an amazing rescue by SS troops uh, of Mussolini, who was staying at the Hotel Campo Imperatore in uh, uh in September of 1943. So he is rescued. He's there for about a year and a half being Hitler's puppet, but then he is caught by some communist partisans in April of 1945. He and his girlfriend, uh, Clara Patacci are shot, killed by the fascist. Their bodies are going to be dumped in Milan, I believe, and they're going to be kicked, spat upon and hung upside down. I think and on a, across a bar near a gas station where their bodies are stoned by the civilians. So not a great ending for Mussolini. It's not going to be a great uh, ending for uh, Caligula. And at least they were able to share these two, at one point, magnificent ships. Very sad that we would uh, lose them after all that time, but uh, there yes. you have it. Yes. They survived for 2,000 years. Whoops. Survived for 2,000 years under the water and then... Yeah. Nearly eight years once we dug them up. Right. Then the Americans came along. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Americans. <laughs> so back to Caligula and his, his famous, favourite, shameless pastimes. Right. He loved to gamble. Uh, he, was not, he was known to cheat. But, of course, his absolute favourite thing to do was to <laughs> fuck. Women and men, maybe horses, right. uh, maybe llamas, we're not quite sure. He he would select women, as I said in an earlier episode, he would throw these lavish parties, dinner parties, would check out the women as they came in, would pick his favourite ones, take them out the back, fuck their brains out during the dinner party, bring them back in, yeah. and would rate their performance <laughs> in, in front of their husbands. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. Suetonius says, to some, he personally sent a bill of divorce in the name of their absent husbands and had it entered into the public records. Oh, my God. Hey, I'm doing you a favor. Look, uh, your husband wants to divorce you. Did he say that? No, <laughs> but if he knows what I, if he knew what I just did to you <laughs> and what you did to me, oh, right. he'd probably want a divorce. Right. So just cut out the middleman, I say. Let's just, let's just do it. Um, to some, uh, no, some of his supposed mistresses are uh, named in the ancient sources. There's a prostitute called Peralis, uh -huh. Ania, the wife of Macro, right. who we've talked about before, Nymphidia, the daughter of Callistus. Callistus was a Greek imperial freedman right. who was one of Caligula's advisors, part of his inner circle. He banged his daughter. Um, now, later, during the reign of Nero, a guy called Nymphidius Sabinus, the Praetorian prefect, right. after Nero's death, claimed that he was the child of Nymphidia and Caligula. Oh, good. And tried to get himself declared emperor. Oh, not good. I, I've never not heard good of him. for him. So I guess it didn't go well. Didn't go well, no. <laughs> he was killed by his own soldiers. <laughs> Now, Caligula also slept with the wife of the consul Asiaticus, mm. uh, Asiaticus, let's go with that, the wife of okay. the consul Asiaticus at one of these dinner parties and then complained that she wasn't much good. La later, 
Asiaticus was accused of being involved in plotting Caligula's murder, and he said, no, but I wish I had been. Oh, God. So that's what happens when you fuck someone's <laughs> wife and then complain about how bad yeah, she was at it I thought it'd later. be better. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of his male... Male partners, Ray. So there were also men as well. There was an actor, uh, M. Nestor. They, well, he, what I read was they spent a lot of time together. I mean, maybe they were just good buds because Caligula did love the theater and he did love to go to plays and stuff like that. And so because this guy's an actor, they have obviously something in common. They spend a lot of time together when Caligula is not working hard for the state. And so rumors got started. Um, but I do know that he kissed this actor in public. And what kind of made this a big deal was this actor gets a kiss in public. But there was we're getting to the point where Caligula soon goes off the rails, where he's, he's having senators kiss his feet at least according to Seneca. So senators who are should be on the top are kissing his feet. This actor who is supposedly a nobody is getting kissed by Caligula in public. So maybe there was sex going on. And I can't remember if we talked about this. Supposedly as well, he was begging his brother-in-law, Marcus Lepidus. Again, it's like, I'm going to let you marry my hot sister. Uh, I'm going to let you marry my hot sister. But first, there's something I want. And I guess he took it. Yeah, getting back to the actor Menesta, um, first of all, we should remember that Tiberius, uh, Augustus didn't like actors very right. much, and Tiberius had a bunch of them oh, right. exiled from the empire when there were sort of riots around the theatre. Yeah. One of the first things Caligula did was bring the acting troops back in. He loved their performances. He loved dressing up himself and getting on stage with them and prancing about. Um, yes, he used to kiss Menesta in the middle of the games and when Menesta was performing, he was a mime Menesta, mm. uh, if he was performing, anyone who made the slightest noise in the theatre, Caligula would have him dragged from his seat and then would flog him himself. <laughs> That's a theatre fan right there. I bet he had season tickets. Damn. <laughs> Now, Menesta went on to sleep with Claudius's wife, the Empress Messalina, and Poppaea Sabina the Elder, Damn. the mother of the Empress Poppaea, the second wife of Nero. Right. So uh, I think being a mime is, is the way to go. <laughs> it's like right? foreplay, yeah. We're, it's very <laughs> sexy, apparently, being a mime <laughs> in ancient Rome. People say... Look what I'm doing. This is hot. This is hot. Look at me. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Look, yeah. I'm climbing a wall. I'm climbing a wall. Look, oh, I'm moving along the wall. I'm, I'm moving along. I'm in a box. Oh, the wind. Oh, 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 I'm pulling a rope. Oh, the wind's so turned on? Who's turned on by this rope yeah. that you can't see that I'm pulling? It's my penis. Anyway. <laughs> mimes, fucking mimes. Anyway. So that was Vanessa. Yeah, so... Uh, Caligula slept with Marcus Lepidus and also Valerius Catullus. Ah. Um, now, not the poet of the same name, not the Irumabo et Pedicabo <laughs> guy, but, I, but honestly, if you were going to sleep... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, with a poet, that's the one. The guy who wrote a poem who said, I'll fuck you in the face and fuck you in the ass, that's the guy you'd want to sleep with, but not him. Right, no. Uh, Sextus Tedius Valerius Catullus, Suffolk Consul in 31. Suetonius writes, Valerius Catullus, a young man of a consular family, publicly proclaimed that he had violated the emperor and worn himself out in commerce Jesus. with him. Jeez. So that ass Catullus out. said that... Sorry. He was on... Yeah, he was on the right. top... Caligula was on the Riding bottom the and he'd worn himself right. out fucking Caligula up the poop chute. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't see that in the film. No. Surprisingly. Yes. Uh, we saw him give it to a guy up the poop chute. He was on top, but we didn't see him being right. bottom. He's a um, But to counter all of this, this is the fascinating thing. So on one hand, we've got all these stories about him fucking men and being on bottom and all this kind of stuff. On the other hand... Remember that there were attacks on his masculinity during the time of That's Tiberius, right. which led to charges of maestas. Um, Sextius Paconianus, 
the Praetorian who killed Sejanus and then uh, Thibault alleged that he was chosen by Sejanus to execute Caligula and he was arrested but allowed to live as long as he named names. He gave up other conspirators, as we right. mentioned in an earlier episode, um, which he did. He, along with Thibault's old friends Cotta Messalinus and Sextus Vestilius, were accused during Tiberius's reign mm-hmm. of spreading rumours about Caligula's dissolute morals when he was still on Capri, Ooh. which led to a charge of maestas, but this is one of the ones that Thibault laughed off as just table talk. Right. But... Oh, you know, yeah. they say Caligula likes to get fucked up the butt. <laughs> that's just... That's just the table talk. Don't worry right. about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they ended up on Caligula's mental list as he's walking towards Rome, but we'll find out later, I guess. Yeah. But my point is, is that, I mean, if Caligula was uh, do, uh, doing the doing the gay sex right. thing, really. <laughs> that sounded uh, awkward. Yeah, I'm saying that like you know, uh, my mother-in-law would doing the gay doing doing the gay sex thing with the gays uh, as far back as Capri. Right? Um, why would he then, when he became mm-hmm. emperor, banish the sexual perverts, the sphin, the sphintriai. Oh, right. Remember we talked about he wanted to drown yes. them? And he people had to say, oh, look, come on, a macro said, look, don't, don't right. drown them, banish just them, exile yeah. them. So he, uh, it's, it's very confusing. I mean, maybe he was saying, listen, when I get fucked up yeah. the ass, it's yeah. okay, that's sexy. <laughs> but right. when you do it... It's disgusting. That's that's yeah. disgusting. Right. That's appalling. It's all right when I do it because I'm the yeah. emperor. I don't know. There's there's a lot of lot of confusing stuff with his attitude towards homosexuality in the ancient sources. He's for it. He's against it. Um, I mean, people. The fact that people are suggesting that he does it on Capri is subject of a maestas uh, accusation or charge. But then later people on, bragging. when he's emperor, he's doing it. Well, he's do- yeah. People yeah. are bragging. Oh yeah, I fucked Caligula up the ass. Yeah, those right. are good times. I mean, it, I don't know. It's it's very and we know that um, giving up your ass to somebody was a, a relatively common insult in Roman right. days. They said Julius Caesar was the queen of Bithynia. He just laughed it off. They said that Augustus had given up his ass to Julius mm-hmm. Caesar. Um, in order to become his heir, Augustus just laughed it off. Um, there was there was another one too. Somebody else, I think, who was accused of it. Um, I can't remember who that was now. We know that Sulla had a male yeah. lover uh, in his yes. retirement. So uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of fascinating how this is treated in Caligula era. He's against it. He's for it. It's used as an insult. Uh, it's hard to unpick exactly what's going on and what the attitudes were at the time towards it. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where now that he's in charge, he's probably free to embrace that side of him. And maybe when he was in the in, under someone else's thumb, it was he was more sensitive about it. But now he can do whatever the hell he wants. And so, yeah, I think maybe when it comes to banishing those people, he might have saw something in himself, of something of himself in them. And so maybe he didn't want to face that, but now he seems to have gotten over it and he's just mayor of fuck city. He's having a great time, males and females. And so maybe that's hopefully something that's behind him. And besides taking someone's wife at dinner, he's just having the time of his life. The mayor of fuck city. I want that on a t-shirt. That's cool. Um, all right, well, we're at an hour, Ray. Uh, I think we should wrap it up okay. there. Uh, coming up in the next episode, yeah. he, he recovers from his mysterious illness that we Ooh, still haven't explained. Right. Um, he takes stock. And then somebody very close yes. to him dies. Yes. Uh, but it all starts to go off the rails. But that will be next mm-hmm. time on the life of Caligula. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. If you do that kind of thing, personally, I don't go into it, uh, infer it, the whole deal. Saturnalia. Kind of strange, or but, right? you know, 
yeah, I just stay out of the whole thing. I okay. just don't do it. People say, well, you're people wish me on Mountain but They go, Merry Christmas. I go, no, I don't <laughs> no, do it. No, thank you. I reject go, oh, your wish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. And then I say, <laughs> I want this person dead. I want their family dead. I want their dog dead. <laughs> Bit of a cunt. Get your finger off that. If you're 13 and you're willing, I'll do it. I am eligible.